Welcome back to Marriage Monday. Thanks for joining with me. My name is Dave Berenger, and this is my podcast to help you build your marriage one Monday at a time. Today, we're going to start a series of of podcasts, and I'm so excited about it because what I did was I went on InstaStory and my Facebook story and just simply asked the question to all of you, the listener, what do you want to know about? What do you want Marriage Monday to talk about? What can I address that really hit home for you? And I'm telling you what, you answered in force. We had people that were engaged all the way to those married with kids and everybody in between answered. It gave me a wide range of subjects that uh, some I expected and some that I didn't expect. There's a couple subjects that are going to be a bit challenging to deal with uh, because I've never dealt with them or spoke on them or blogged about them, but I am stoked to be able to navigate through that with you. And so today, I thought I would start with the very first answer that came my way in regards to what would you like to hear on Marriage Monday? And the very first answer I saw was this, navigating the challenges of a blended family navigating the challenges of a blended family. Your family may be blended because you married somebody with kids, or maybe you had kids and brought them in, or maybe more specifically, both of you brought kids into the family and you're now not just starting a new marriage, but you're starting a brand new family structure that has existing family structure. There's so much that goes into a blended family. So I sat down and I thought, okay, maybe I'll, I'll think of three tips or five things to think about with a blended family. And I ended up with a list of 12. And because I keep Marriage Mondays to 10 minutes or less, I have got just a hair more than two minutes to cover all 12. So bear with me, grab a notebook. We're going to get right through this here. Number one, when it comes to wise ways to deal with a blended family, number one, be velvet steel with your ex or be velvet steel with your spouse's ex. And what I mean by velvet steel, uh, when I say velvet steel, that means on the outside, you get compassion and kindness, but on the inside, you're impossible to run over. I think that's how Jesus was on this earth is when you encountered him, anybody from any walks of life could encounter Jesus and they got compassion and kindness. But when people tried to bulldoze him, he was an immovable force. So when it comes to dealing with your ex or dealing with your spouse's ex, be velvet steel. If they encounter you, make sure that there's compassion and kindness, but they cannot run over you. You don't need to be a wrecking ball and you don't need to be a doormat. Be velvet steel. Why? Your kids are watching, which leads me to number two. Show your children how maturity, how composure, how self-control looks amongst adults. Think about it. Your kids are watching and show. So regardless of what your ex is doing or what your spouse's ex is doing, I mean, you can't control what they're doing. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control your response. So make sure that you show the maturity, composure, and self-control that your kid needs to see in adults. Because what you do in moderation, your kids will do in excess. I want to say that again because I think that's key. What you do in moderation, your kids will do in excess. So when it comes to your response to your ex and what your kids see in you, use maturity, composure, and self-control. Number three. Your kids need permission from the biological parent to have a safe, healthy relationship with their new stepmother or stepfather. So if you have families that are blended together and perhaps your your ex-spouse has gotten married, I encourage you to give permission, give that verbal permission that really helps that kid to be encouraged to have a safe, healthy connection with that new step-parent. There are kids that are going to feel loyalty, 
or our disloyalty. Like if I really get close to the step parent, am I being uh, disloyal to my other parent? Give them permission and help release that pressure. I think that's a big deal. Number four, don't redshirt your kids. Don't redshirt your kids. What I mean by that, if you grew up like I did watching Star Trek, you know that anybody wearing a red shirt was going to be a casualty. Like if the key cast members went on a mission and they took a couple people that you didn't recognize, they weren't normal cast members, but they always had red shirts on, you knew they're the ones that they were going to get killed. They were the casualties of the mission because the main characters were going to be just fine. Don't turn your kids into the red shirts. Don't turn your kids into the casualties of the war between you and your ex. Don't use your children to carry out negative messages. Don't use your kids to be pawns in the game that that you're trying to do to get back at your spouse because what you're going to end up doing is you're going to destroy your kids and your relationship with them. Don't redshirt them. Number five, encourage Give permission to your kids to love your ex-spouse no matter how much that you are frustrated or even, let's go deeper, no matter how much you despise your spouse, ex-spouse, I should say. Encourage your kids. Encourage them to love your ex. Now, when I say the word love, love does not mean that you approve of their decisions. Love does not mean that. Love doesn't mean that you trust Love is that which 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast. It's not rude, it's not self-seeking. Love doesn't keep records of wrong. Love sees the best, believes the best. I mean, we can keep going down the, the row. We look and we love. And so encourage your kids to walk in love towards your ex. Number six, understand the pressure that parents feel to manage their biological children. Understand the pressure that parents feel to manage their biological kids. Because even if you both are bringing kids in, there's still this pressure to, to, to navigate. You want to see all of your kids as your kids. But with your biological kids, you're also sharing what could be custody to parenting responsibilities with an ex. And so there are just added pressures that are there. So if your spouse brought kids into the picture, they may not handle things the way you wanted to. But number one, they're not you. And number two, if you brought kids in, their kids aren't your kids in terms of the biological connection. And so they need to be handled a little differently than your own. So I would just really strongly recommend just show a lot of patience and understanding regarding the pressures to navigate the new marriage and navigating the biological kids. Number seven, be unified. Be unified. Don't allow anybody, kids, exes, uh, in-laws, ex-in-laws, Um, siblings. Don't allow anybody to divide and to conquer your marriage. Be unified. Come into agreement on how you will handle things, on on what you're going to say to uh, your ex. Talk it through with your present spouse so that there's no miscommunication or misunderstandings. And that leads me to number eight. Set up strong, grace-filled boundaries and expectations. When it comes to navigating your kids, um, your biological kids, your stepchildren, um, have strong, grace-filled boundaries and expectations. Now, when I say the word strong, that means they're clear, they're concise, and they're understandable. And the reason why I say grace-filled boundaries is because you don't want it in a place where if you cross a line that you've got a heavy hammer coming down on you. You need space in your house where people can make mistakes. And when those mistakes are made, they're handled with grace. It doesn't mean there's a lack of discipline, but you have to have room in your home for small mistakes. But you want to make sure that you are you have those strong, grace-filled boundaries and expectations that are clear. 
so that out of that number seven, your unity develops those boundaries, develops those expectations, and everybody's on the same page. Number nine, respect the relationships your stepkids have with their biological parents without appearing like you're trying to replace them. I want to say that again. Respect the relationships your stepkids have with their biological parents without appearing like you're trying to replace them. This comes comes up so often with kids is um, they have a step parent that they may really like. And if you can, if you sometimes can approach them a little strongly, they can almost respond like, are you trying to replace my mom? Are you trying to replace my dad? And you don't ever want to appear that way. And so you just really have to kind of respect that relationship that you have with them while making sure that you're not in this place where you are trying to or appearing like you're trying to replace mom and dad because they will feel that way. So it's one of those touchy things you just have to navigate through. Number 10, blended families is often blending two cultures. We're talking about backgrounds, personalities. I'm not talking about ethnic cultures. I'm just talking about the cultures of your past. And so instead of trying to change each other, embrace each other, appreciate the differences instead of trying to transform the people around you. Embrace those differences and and learn how to walk through those things together. Number 11, have a culture of over-communication. Have a culture of over-communication. Announce and prepare everybody with everything. So when it comes to your kids and navigating stepkids, just announce, we're we're gonna over-communicate everything because we're dealing with, you know, parents, step-parents. We're dealing with uh, family members from both sides of the family. We're going to over-communicate expectations. We're going to over-communicate schedules. We're going to make sure everybody's on the up and up on knowing what's going on around us so that nothing is missed. You cannot over-communicate in blended family situations. And then lastly, and I'm just a hair over 10 minutes here, so I'm sorry. Lastly, number 12, when somebody is single with kids for a long time, their kids can tend to play the role of an absent spouse. And what ends up happening is if there has been a divorce and it's been a while since there's a remarriage, sometimes the children can take on the roles that the, the, the spouse that is now no longer in the home can take on that role within the home. And then when the marriage takes place, Sometimes those kids can now feel displaced from their role in the remarriage. And so you just have to be sensitive to those kids that feel displaced. For example, there may have been specific jobs around the house, specific chores, specific expectations that were on them because there was nobody else to do it. And now that there's a remarriage, that kid who may have complained about that role, accepted that role and responsibility, and all of a sudden just feels displaced. So just be sensitive about that and help them walk through the changes. That's all I've got for you today. I've gone a little bit over, but hopefully you've gotten some good stuff about how to navigate blended families. It's not easy, but with the help of the Lord, you can do this and you can see health, healing, and future take place. Love y'all. Have a great day.